And I think we are probably now live on our virtual forum, our ABC forum. Uh, this is, might be a record. It's only two minutes past the advertised starting time, so I think we're doing pretty well tonight. Let's hope technology gets us through. I, can, I want to acknowledge that uh, while there are people here from all over uh, New South Wales and I think the ACT, that I'm on Darragland and I'd like to pay respects to Elders past and present, but also acknowledge the Gundungara who are part of the electorate, whose lands are part of the electorate I represent. And, and I think Michelle Rowland, our Shadow Minister for Communications, is, is probably on Darragland as well. But I'd like to acknowledge all the uh, First Peoples that whose land there, many of you are sitting on as we broadcast this around uh, Sydney and I think New South Wales and the ACT. And there may even be people from other places. So in fact, um, feel free in the comments on Facebook, let us know where you're listening to this from. It'd be great to have a picture of where you are, whether you're Blue Mountains and Hawkesbury in the Macquarie electorate, whether you're from Western Sydney, whether you're from the ACT or further afield, we'd love to know. And thank you all for being here. Uh, this is, I think, the sixth in our series of virtual forums where we get to spend a really good hour talking to a shadow minister about not every issue in their shadow portfolio, but one issue with some depth. And I'm, I know uh, I could run one of these with Michelle Rowland on the MBN, and that would probably last days because she has been a fierce advocate and supported me in trying to get better NBN for this region. But tonight it's about the ABC. Uh, so uh, Michelle has, Michelle uh, started in Parliament in 2010, but became Shadow Communications Minister in 2016. So has an absolutely de a depth of expertise and understanding and a real passion for this. So thank you, Michelle, for uh, joining us tonight on what we call a sort of our version of Q&A, really. Thanks very much, Susan. And happy birthday, Susan. Uh, <laughs> what a committed you. MP uh, you are, um, not only uh, a fierce advocate um, for the ABC, but also more generally for your community in terms of accessibility and recognising the importance of ICT. Uh, really to grow regions such as uh, the mountains and the Hawkesbury. So I'm really delighted to be able to do this. I, Susan, I'm gathering um, you and I uh, know each other well, so we'd like to keep this quite informal and more than anything, uh, listen to the views of your constituents. Um, and Q&A, uh, in keeping with that theme, comments are also very welcome. Yes. Uh, ra rather, than, rather than questions, um, all of which I will um, attempt to answer as well as I can. What I and thought, can I just jump in? One of the things people will know is um, that Michelle has visited this area many times. The most recent visit was post fire to look at the uh, mobile communications issues that we face. Uh, she's been up to, to Blackheath to talk NBN. She's talked ABC. So uh, for those of you within Macquarie, um, you know, we can do some, you know, really local and specific questions around it. And, of course, the ABC Friends in the Blue Mountains is one of the most active groups of the ABC uh, Friends franchise, as it were. But, yeah, we'll sure. keep it really informal. And just for people who haven't done one of these before, how do you get your question asked 
to Michelle. Well, I ask it, you write it in the comments and my team are monitoring the comments on Facebook. They're going to flick those messages through to me. We, we have managed to get through lots of questions in previous ones that people have asked. Uh, what we're going to do, Michelle's going to give us a, a bit of an overview of where things sit right now uh, so that we've all got a common starting point on that. I'll, we'll, I'll then probably have a bit of discussion, but we'll be starting then to feed through your questions. So feel free to pop them in the comments uh, and we will try to get to as many of them as we can. Um, sure. But Michelle, no, I, I'll give you the floor. Um, let's just paint a picture for people of, of where things are at. Sure. Well, I think there's, there's probably three uh, key issues here, Susan. And uh, we did an ABC forum uh, a, a little while ago in the last term uh, in, in Blackheath. Uh, but in, and in that, I think uh, we very clearly laid out the case for why uh, another term of um, Liberal national um, cuts in particular for the ABC were going to be a bad thing. I guess my thesis that I've got here for you tonight is that unfortunately everything we sort of predicted um, is coming to bear. Mm -hmm. um, there is that issue of uh, funding being cut, jobs being lost. Um, in this term, really, all that has been done in just over a year is uh, that funding being cut, the jobs uh, cuts being felt, and some tinkering uh, with the ABC's charter. Um, in the meantime, we've got um, a crisis in regional media. Um, we've got um, uh, the government and a number of stakeholders um, pushing the ABC to be characterised essentially as a broadcaster of market failure. So uh, where market failure has been addressed in the past, in particular for Australian uh, content and children's content, uh, that is being sought uh, to be pushed by, um, in some quarters, um, onto the ABC. Um, we've got um, issues about misinformation and disinformation um, particularly at this very difficult uh, period that the world is going through, the ABC being such a trusted source of news uh, with the pandemic, but also exactly as you say, a trusted source uh, during natural disasters such as the bushfires. So where I think that lands us, um, you know, we could, you know, Labor could very easily be um, accused of uh, really uh, running the same lines that we have before, but the reality is it does come down um, to funding. It does come down to support. But more than that, um, I think uh, we should all be aware of is the short-sightedness of this government after seven years to fail to leverage off a great national asset is having consequences. Yeah. Um, so, look, I've prepared a couple of slides. I'll go to the, the first one. And really, I'm not going to dwell on these. And don't worry, I'm not going to um, have death by PowerPoint. I think this just helps to um, set the scene a bit. So, absolutely. You'll be pleased to know we've already got questions starting to come in. So, you there we go. And a, a very keen audience. Sure. Well, look, I'll, I'll flick through these quickly because um, I think that, you know, while these do set the stage, I don't need to dwell on them. We all know where it started, you know, nearly um, uh, seven years ago now, the promise of no cuts to the ABC or SBS that barely lasted out the year. Um, next slide. Uh, you know, we now have the Prime Minister and the Minister for Communications essentially gaslighting the nation, saying there's actually no cuts. The Managing Director has made it very clear, as did the previous Managing Director, 
um, that there are these are cuts. Um, and this latest round of cuts, um, $84 million um, that are coming to bear, which Scott Morrison inflicted himself as treasurer some years ago, um, that is having an impact on jobs. We've seen um, jobs go um, only uh, in the last couple of uh, weeks. The next slide. Uh, again, here we are, fact check uh, on uh, the Minister for Communications um, essentially saying, uh, the ABC is receiving more and more funding in real terms. We know that's not the case. And the minister has really been shown up here. Yeah. The, the reality is that the ABC is underfunded. Um, and as I'll show you on the next slide, this isn't coming from me. This is coming from the ACCC and their digital platforms inquiry. Um, the ACCC very clearly recommended what they called stable and adequate funding um, for the public broadcasters. So the SBS as well as the ABC. But most importantly, in this uh, frame, Susan, um, you as uh, a former uh, member of the fourth estate, I talked about the crisis in uh, regional media and in particular um, in local reporting. We've seen hundreds of newsrooms um, and titles closed down, um, but we haven't got a framework from this government uh, for how to address it. Um, and the ACCC made it very clear that the public broadcasters are not resourced to fully compensate for that decline in local reporting. So even if you accepted uh, that our public broadcasters uh, should be there to resolve market failure, they're not even being equipped to resolve that market failure. No, and I'm sure we're going to get some... I've already got a question to delve into that a bit more deeply in terms of the role of the ABC, so that's that'll, that'll be great to talk about. Sure. Uh, it's also coming from um, BAI Communications, which is the entity that owns um, the majority of the transmission towers. Um, and they made it very clear, and this is the Royal Commission, uh, the Bushfires Royal Commission, a substantial number of smaller transmission sites are not capable of withstanding um, natural disasters. Uh, we know that when uh, the mobile towers went down, when the fixed lines went out, um, it was uh, radio and yeah, it was commercial radio as well that served um, an important uh, role during the bushfires in many parts of uh, Australia, as well as community radio. Um, but it makes it very clear uh, from the owners of these towers themselves that more funding is needed to actually provide that resilience in future. Resilience seems to be a big buzzword, um, but actually backing it up um, to uh, becoming self-fulfilling um, is something that this government is yet to do. Yeah. Um, and you'll see those recommendations there. The Lowy Institute, um, you know, the funding envelope um, for the ABC, um, uh, when we look at um, international broadcasting, is actually a quarter of the size it was a decade ago. And look at where we sit on the global comparisons. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's a shame to say, you know, we like to talk a lot about soft power, um, the influence um, of uh, China, for example, and you know, we could have a, a full-on debate about where that's happening. There's been inquiries by um, the Department of Foreign Affairs and also in the communications context. But the reality is this, if you leave a vacuum, um, as has happened in shortwave, the Australian network, um, the ABC's um, ability to have a role in the Pacific, that vacuum gets filled. Uh, and it is really not in Australia's long-term interests um, to have left such a vacuum in the Pacific for many reasons, um, least of all um, it being filled um, by uh, in, in a soft power context that 
is not necessarily aligned um, with Australia's interests. I am surprised to see the top two on that slide. I had I had expected the UK and France and Deutsche Welle and Germany to be there, uh, but I hadn't expected um, the the others to to be one and two. So that's interesting. Very telling. Yes. Um, and then we go to, uh, I think it's important to cover off, uh, and you know, I think this is very relevant, um, the national platform. Um, we recognise the important role that uh, the ABC has played um, with bushfires, the pandemic. Uh, the other one there, the, the school on me, um, if any of uh, uh, your colleagues who've joined us, Susan, like me, had uh, school-aged children being homeschooled, um, it was a very difficult time. Uh, and uh, the role of the ABC, I mean, this was in a very minor way, um, leveraging um, off uh, a national asset, but certainly it showed uh, what the ABC is capable of doing and it should be capable of doing much more, particularly since it's got a trusted platform like iView as well. Um, and again, just to touch on in the next slide, I think it is very refreshing that the ABC is doing a focus on mental health, um, on the environment, on encouraging uh, new and upcoming um, uh, music uh, uh, talent. Uh, and in particular, again, that aspect of mental health, having a platform that is national, is free, ubiquitous and stable, um, we should be much better as a country at leveraging um, off what we've got here to get some of those messages out. Uh, and I'm sure, again, some of our friends who've joined us would know it was uh, you know, through the ABC and not necessarily through all um, Australian shows, but certainly those messages getting out about uh, two children in language they could understand about the importance of washing your hands, the importance of social distancing. Um, that was but one example. And the ABC did that off their own bat, not at any direction, but certainly in accordance with their charter. Uh, I'm just about to wrap up. Uh, and again, you know, Bluey, uh, uh, the highest rating children's program going around these days for very good reason. Yeah, a great, they, a great success and popular with grown-ups too. Absolutely. And the ABC has added audio description to Bluey as well, um, which is fantastic. Again, goes to that whole issue of accessibility. Haywire, which is uh, very relevant for your electorate, Susan, um, encouraging um, regional and uh, remote uh, Austra young Australians um, to uh, have their say, become producers um, and anyone who's, I've seen you at that Haywire event, it is um, absolutely uplifting. Um, don't stop the music. Again, if you haven't um, tuned into that, check it out. Uh, I think we're uh, just about done, uh, other than to say we uh, committed uh, some weeks ago that we would reverse um, this $84 million um, of cuts, uh, and that remains um, our policy. Uh, yeah, we don't know when the next election will be, obviously. Uh, it may even be held as early as um, the third quarter of next year. Um, but um, we will have, uh, I can assure everyone, we will have a fully developed policy um, by that time. I think uh, the, the fact that the national platform um, will, uh, certainly it's going through um, a, an iterative process at the moment, um, but I can reassure you that that commitment um, to the ABC as a properly funded uh, public broadcaster and a policy backing that up to reverse those cuts um, will be part of that as well. Fantastic. And there's a comment come through from Robin Cook who says the audio descriptions are fantastic initiative 
and you know we thought it was a bit overdue you you ha and and many of us had been advocating for it uh it it is fantastic to to see it look um, I might um, cover off, uh, there are a few questions around and thoughts around bushfires. So I'm going to want to come to some more of that um, accessibility and disability side that the ABC has such a vital role in. Um, one aspect of it is obviously in bushfires that, that um, people rely really heavily on, on if they have a hearing disability, they rely on being able to see with captions on TV, what the information is, and if they um, can't have, have a, uh, if they're blind or have a some sort of sight impairment, they rely really heavily on, on the radio. So that, uh, the, and in bushfires, all those things are just so um, exacerbated. Uh, one of the Marilyn pointed out. Um, that she lives in, well, all of us in the mountains and Hawkesbury live in a severe bushfire area. And her one support was an emergency battery radio, tra a transistor radio with a battery. Now we did the same. We lost power on one of the very bad fire days when it may well have ended up at, at our back door. Uh, and for about two hours, the we had no mobile, we had um, no access to the internet. All we had was the transistor radio to tell us um, and you know all the shutters down everything you know kind of in lockdown uh, now you and i know this but the bushfire coverage really stretched the abc they used a lot of their budget and i i don't know whether it's it's close to 100 percent of their emergency budget has already been used and it's only uh, halfway through the year that surely is an area where we would have expected to see the government really step up and resource the ABC for these unprecedented times. Uh, so, you know, it, that is one of the huge disappointments we've had so far this year, isn't it? It certainly is. And it is very clear that lives were saved um, because uh, people had access um, to ABC broadcasting um, through you know, primarily transistor radios um, when everything came down. Um, it's interesting, Susan, that you said, you know, the ABC's emergency broadcasting budget. Um, this isn't very well known, but they actually don't have a separate line item for emergency broadcasting. Uh, they, they just do it. Um, so, and it often means um, getting people in the field, getting people to um, operate uh, from their, their own homes, in some cases, bringing in um, extra people. Um, but the managing director, to his credit, has said they will never cut costs in order to uh, skimp on that service. They will find um, the money to be able to do it. Um, and the ABC confirmed um, that the number of emergency broadcasting events um, that they had covered um, was actually double to triple the last couple of years. That's in early 2020. So with everything that happened with bushfires, floods, etc., um, and the costs of emergency broadcasting are going up. Um, it remains um, you know, one of those things where you know, some aspects of production get less expensive, but emergency broadcasting requires you um, to be on the ground, to have the trucks, to um, have the capabilities um, in order to deliver that. So you know, they, even, they don't have a separate line item. I'm as surprised as you um, that you know, of all things that could be announced, and, you know, Maybe this will be one of the recommendations um, of the Bushfire Royal Commission. Um, we've also got um, a Senate inquiry going on at the moment. 
But for all the talk, the buzzword, as I said earlier, it became our resilience. We've got to make our telco networks more resilient. We've got to build in more resilience. Uh, That actually costs money. Um, And uh, if the government can't see that not only would this have um, bipartisan support, but it goes into, here I'm being uber political, but it goes into their grid of keeping Australians safe you know, which is supposed to be, you know, part of their safe territory and, quite frankly, should be the first job of government um, in, in any case, irrespective of the, the of, of their um, uh, political persuasion. Yeah. So, yeah, I just make those points. And, look, Hayley Stone's made a comment that she's just done a report on the bushfires and the impact on people with disabilities and she has found that and has the evidence that the ABC was a vital resource for those for those groups to get information. Uh, so I, I think there's no question that the ABC, I mean, it's there, I'm an, I, I didn't ever work at the ABC because I worked in commercial radio, but I reckon if I'd stayed in radio another decade, I probably would have ended up at the ABC. Uh, mm. at, and I'm certainly <laughs> married to a, a long time ABC reporter. Uh, it is, it's important to me culturally, uh, you know, from an information perspective, having trusted information, and we know how highly trusted it is. But for people with disability, it, it that it again becomes a lifesaver. And that's, uh, Robert has um, put, put this point. Uh, he says he's blind. He uses adaptive technology, Braille, computer, iPhone and internet. And he also uses radio for the print handicap station, 1RPH. But even so, access to printed and published information is limited. And therefore, ABC radio and television, especially radio, is vitally important as a means of information access for someone like him. So that reinforces all the things we've been saying about the role that it plays in our society. Absolutely. And, you know, it was pleasing to see that you know, the, the government recently decided to give, you know, it's not a large amount I'm not sure how far it will go um, to the public broadcasters for audio description um, for example mm-hmm. um, but yeah my view and we've made this case um, as a, a matter of policy um, you know, audio description should you know, and the ability for anyone to be able to um, access communications it's essentially a human right um, to which we signed up um, yes it does cost money to do but the technology involved in that is now, you know, even as you described, it's actually quite diverse and a lot of this has been um, developed uh, over time um, and it should be a, a requirement to provide um, audio description. Yeah. Uh, so a couple more bushfire comments. Marion says mm-hmm. the ABC was magnificent during the bushfires. Many of us would not have survived without them. Uh, uh, but Gay points out bushfires and COVID-19. The ABC has been the lifeline with Norman Swan setting the benchmark for informed, reliable and factual guidance and advice. And actually, I was talking to a an ophthalmologist yesterday about COVID, about hygiene measures and surface uh, um, sanitising. And he said that that doctor from the ABC, that that, and I say, oh, you mean Norman Swan? He said, yeah. He said he's spot on. He's absolutely spot on. So mm. we are really blessed that the information that comes from the ABC is accessible. Uh, in its, you know, even I get the science show, and I'm not particularly inclined that way. 
it's in language we can understand and and convey and share, but it's also trustworthy. Now, mm. one of the questions that's come through is though about this perceived bias that there is. How what do you say to people, you know, when you hear them say, oh, you know, the ABC it's it's only only has one point of view. There's two things I say. Firstly, um, I recognise that the ABC makes no one of any political persuasion happy 100% of the time. So they must be doing something right there. Uh, and, you know, it is their job, it's in their charter that they are to be of broad appeal, um, that they are to um, you know, have that accessibility context, but really it is for all Australians. And, you know, that's not something that is said uh, in, a, in a trite way at all. It is supposed to be of broad appeal um, to every single Australian um, of of any background, of any cohort. So that's the first thing. It doesn't make everyone happy. Everyone's got a complaint. I often uh, will get, uh, yep, there'll be an episode of something or a report on something or other. And invariably, if it's contentious, I will get one of our colleagues, Susan, on the phone to me saying, what are you going to do about this? And I said, oh, if you're upset about it, that's probably a good thing. Probably shows that they are um, doing their job. Um, but the, the, the second point to make is the ABC is a public broadcaster, not a state broadcaster. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even with Labor in government, um, it would be um, wrong um, to assume that it would be presenting a bias that would actually you know, favour the government of the day. You know, so, uh, you know, I don't want um, a state broadcaster. I want a public broadcaster that is going to challenge. Um, and that is the reason why... Uh, their trust ratings are off the charts. You yeah. don't get a public broadcaster um, with such trustworthy uh, brand and ratings uh, unless they are doing something right that goes to bias. And also, quite frankly, Susan, I will say to people, you know, who say, oh, we need some long-term study into ABC bias. Um, I reckon people might be a bit surprised um, one way or another by what that shows. Mm. Uh, and I doubt... I, I really doubt that it will show um, a bias one way or the other to such a degree that it demonstrates that uh, the broadcaster is not independent. Yeah, look, when I think about that, I mean, when people are saying those things, it's often about the current affairs and news type programs, but often it's about the um, those where opinions are shared as opposed to mm. news where the reporting still tends to be reasonably um, yes. on the line. And, you know, as a journal, I say to people, as an ex-journal, I say, well, it, it's whoever is in government, that's who the media is holding to account in, in, a, in, a, in an ideal situation. Every journalist is certainly trained to think that way, that it's not about uh, what your political view is, but it, it's whatever the prevailing view is from a government. That, that's the one you have to challenge because uh, that's your job. So, Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I've actually found some of, whilst, you know, I'm not in government and I'm not being held to account, I have had some of my toughest interviews given um, with, by the ABC even on issues of ABC funding and independence, because I will be challenged on that. And I think sometimes there seems to be, you know, maybe even a compensatory bias. Um, but the notion that the ABC goes easier on uh, Labor MPs is absolute nonsense, mm -hmm. utter nonsense. Uh, yeah. Yeah, look, I, I know as a young journo, if I thought I'd given someone a reasonably easy interview 
you know, one day, the next day, I'd want to go really hard on them just to show that there wasn't any any favoritism happening there. So this really leads to a question that Sue um, is asking, which is goes to the next level about the role of the ABC within a democracy. She says, how do we convince those who argue that the ABC is biased, you know, that they have, even, even if they think there is a bias, that they have an investment in information to underpin democracy by adequately funding the ABC. So, you know, if you can't convince somebody that it's not, there isn't bias there, even still saying them, but this is the role it plays in our democracy. How key do you think it is to the strength of Australia's democracy? I think it's fundamental, Susan. It's fundamental to um, the influence that Australia has, the positive democratic influence in our region. Uh, you know, I was discussing earlier about leaving a vacuum. Even if you thought that the ABC um, was serving no purpose, um, should be privatised, you know, name your price, um, I think there is no doubt that the fact that it has um, so much uh, skill, uh, it's got a, you know, a large number of resources, it's got infrastructure, it is a ready-made platform for leveraging Australia's interests in our region. Um, so even if you're one of these people that said you should just be there for market failure, serving uh, regional and remote areas and doing things that are not profitable that the commercial networks don't want to do, even if you thought that, the reality remains that the ABC is capable of being leveraged in our region as part of both soft power, but also as part of you know, our democratic influence um, in our region, um, which is why the the loss of the Australia network, um, I think, is only just now starting to be felt. I had that slide up, Susan, about, you know, China was at the top of you know, those countries that invest in overseas um, you know, areas of influence in their media. I hadn't fully appreciated, but I was enlightened by some experts on this. Like China, for ex Chinese state media um, is has the resources and uh, has the capability to, for example, go to um, some of our neighbours um, in the Pacific, whom, quite frankly, we have neglected on many levels um, and not had a serious economic partnership with for some, you know, for many decades um, now. Um, but they are going into those areas, sponsoring uh, people to uh, learn journalism, uh, you know, ensuring that they've got um, capabilities why isn't Australia providing those capabilities? Once upon a time, we used to, through the presence um, of uh, the ABC on shortwave and the Australian network, nature pours a vacuum and that vacuum um, has been filled. Yeah, and look, people like Jemima Garrett have spent a lot of time uh, doing those sorts of things and are still fighting for there to be uh, a some a really strong Australian presence. It, that is, we will pay the price for that failure. Uh, and you're right, when there's a vacuum, there's always someone very eager to fill it and not to the standards that we would necessarily, you know, subscribe to. Precisely, precisely. Not in our interests. And um, um, can I, can, this is, look, Peggy, Peggy, I think you may well have seen a letter from Peggy um, mm. on, on the issue that, that she's raising here. And that's around the, um, she says it came from the Saturday paper. There was a report about the commissioning of yet another investigation of the business models of the Australian news and media organisations. And the terms of the report seem to include specifically the impact of public broadcasters on 
commercial players. Now, this is something that gets trotted out uh, at different times. Oh, you know, the, the public broadcaster is um, having an unfair impact on the revenue stream of the uh, commercial broadcasters in some way. So, and there's variations that I've seen in, in 30 or so years that it's come out. But her question is, what do we know about, what do we think about why this inquiry is being undertaken now? And she feels it's being done with some haste. How, where, where do you see it all fits in? I think Peggy's comments are, are very astute um, for a couple of reasons. Um, the first is that, you know, after seven years, and the crisis that has been slowly gathering um, in regional media in particular and public interest journalism um, overall, finally the government is starting to do some of the job that it should have done some time ago uh, and examined you know, the state of play. Uh, yeah, in fact, we called for this um, in 2016. Um, and uh, whilst the ACCC digital platforms inquiry um, was undertaken, a, a look at the different models, um, the impact uh, that uh, the drop, in particular, the drop in advertising revenue is having on commercial uh, mastheads, the increasing news is very expensive. Local news, people want it, but it's incredibly expensive to produce. So you can appreciate why, you know, in this environment where um, nothing, no new models have been done, the only thing this government's done uh, in, uh, in media essentially is to uh, change some of the ownership rules, um, make our markets more concentrated. Um, and, you know, Malcolm Turnbull said this will uh, ensure that we've got a, a viable uh, commercial media sector you know, for the you know, next 10 years or, you know, for decades to come. Look, it barely lasted three years. Mm. Um, and we've had so many, you know, so many mastheads um, closing. Yeah. So in one sense, Susan, I guess Peggy's right in that finally the government is doing some of its uh, some of that job. It is too little, um, too late. Um, uh, my understanding is, and I just had uh, my office check; they haven't even announced um, on their grants website um, who is going to be undertaking this work. So it does seem to be um, getting done in some haste. Um, but it is, it is curious that the government can find only in the last. Uh, week or so, uh, $10 million ostensibly to support underrepresented women's sports um, for Fox Sports. Uh, that's in addition to, um, I think it was 40 million or however was previously given um, during the media ownership debate. So that takes um, the tally to you know, several tens of millions. Um, but with no, and we've asked this um, in Senate estimates, Susan, um, with no measurable um, impact on coverage of women's sport. Um, so it is, it's extremely curious that, you know, this argument about um, competitive neutrality, uh, which uh, some sectors of the commercial um, media uh, complain about, um, there doesn't seem to be complaints when, you know, money goes out the door uh, to uh, commercial enterprises um, uh, without, uh, you know, a commensurate output capable of being measured. Um, but no, Peggy, Peggy's comments are, you know, it, it, is, it is really curious that they're choosing um, to do this now. They had the efficiency reviews, they had, um, you know, uh, that much in terms of, you know, that many studies in terms of, um, you know, how we can undermine the ABC even, even more. And in the face of all that, 
uh, we've got the ABC saving lives, um, we've got the ABC um, performing roles that it's not even budgeted to do. Yeah. Now, there's a couple of uh, very specific questions that, that I'm, I don't know if you'll have answers to, but sure. I had a call uh, today, my office had a call from Bill, from Laura. Bill's 91 and he rang to, to say he's just, he didn't know our forum was on. Uh, but he rang to say he was really frustrated that he couldn't speak to a person at ABC Classic Radio anymore, that it's all automated when you phone. He just wanted to be able to ring someone, um, give some feedback or make a request. And it's little things like that that, that um, are, I guess, making people feel that we're getting a second best. We're certainly not getting what we used to get with, you know, humans there the whole time. Um, I don't know if, if you want to comment on Classic FM. Uh, I am um, having been, you know, studied classical um, violin, but don't ask me to play the violin anymore. In my youth, you know, I've always been a big follower of Classic FM uh, on some of those long drives that I do. It, it, is, it is different. Still some wonderful presenters, but it has changed, hasn't it, with the cuts to the ABC? It certainly has. And, you know, the ABC has always been a very innovative outfit. You know, they were one of the earliest adopters of things like podcasts, um, you know, which are now the norm. Uh, but I, I have, my office has taken a number of really specific complaints. Um, and, you know, and they're not done in a malicious way at all. It's just that there is no other you know, station. There is no other um, you know, set of programming um, like ABC Classic FM, um, and you know, it is. It must be very frustrating um, for constituents um, like uh, Bill, was it? Like um, like Bill, um, and you know what we can do. We we try as much as we can, Susan, to take these up directly uh, with the ABC. Um, uh, corporate uh, person um, whom we deal with and um, Sophie from my office is listening in and I'll ask her specifically um, to take that bit of feedback for Bill and we'll see what we can do for you. Yeah and I'll send through a bit more detail on the the comment that he made. Now here's another one you may or may not have an answer to. Um, Michael wants to know why is Paul Barry paid $200,000 a year to produce a 15-minute show? Now I'm sure lots of people know that we're talking about Media Watch and I have to say as a journalist uh, this was a must-watch program for every journalist that that I've ever known, and you were always terrified that you'd done something that would end up on Media Watch. So I think it's a really important, um, you know, police police on the beat type uh, program. But how do you react to to those sorts of concerns that 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 these are large amounts of money for what appears to be, uh, you know, a fifteen-minute output? Uh, well, look, I, I take the point and I don't know the answer to I don't even know if he is paid that much. Um, I haven't specifically you know, checked that in um, in the, the ABC's annual reports, but I do know that they have those bands, um, uh, the ranges of uh, which um, talent um, gets paid what. And I guess part of it is like one of the questions you might want to ask is if he did that somewhere else, would he get paid the same amount? I don't know. They could, you know, the issue of, you know, uh, having monitoring of misinformation and disinformation is being done by a couple of units now. The fact check unit is at RMIT. I don't know what the relationship is of um, Paul Barry um, there. Uh, but yeah, the fact that uh, the ABC sees fit to put him on, um, 
firstly, I respect the ABC's independence in deciding that that's what his value is, but I also don't know what else he does. Like maybe the output is that 15-minute show, but maybe there is um, other stuff that he does that um, that we don't see. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And I do think that the um, we've always been very clear about the independence of the ABC when people say, oh, I didn't like that program or I don't think that person should be there. Um, it hasn't been an interventionist approach uh, by any Labor governments around it. Uh, and I think that's one of the great gifts of the ABC that they can they do their own stuff. So you'll like some of it. You won't like some of it. Uh, they have to be accountable for their own decisions, don't they, financially? Exactly. And, um, you know, it's for the, the the managing director, I think, is um, I, I actually think that he's, um, he's performing his job. You know, if you have to ask me, do I think he's doing a good job? I think he is. I think he was the right choice uh, for managing director after the tumultuous time um, that they went through uh, a couple of years ago. Um, you know, he's someone that you know, came from the ABC some time ago. He has a genuine passion um, for the role, uh, and uh, I'm sure that he's acutely aware that these are the sorts of you know, issues that, um, you know, not only detractors, but people who genuinely want to know. And considering it's taxpayer-funded, fair enough. They should be able to answer that question. Yeah. Now, there's two questions to do with um, funding. One is from Fran and relates to the efficiency dividend. And do we know um, what proportion of the 84 million is the efficiency dividend and what proportion is a cut to the Ford estimates bottom line? So that's one question. Mm. And then Amanda says, look, you're preaching to the converted. What about the actual strategies to reverse the funding cuts? So I'll throw both of those at you. Sure. The first one, um, the the MD actually uh, covered this off. Um, well, he was asked this question, but really didn't provide an answer for it um, at the press club, sort of talked around it a bit. Um, in reality, uh, he would say that they are always squeezed. They are always um, finding uh, efficiencies um, simply because they've been cut by so many hundreds of millions in the last um, seven years. But that question was actually asked of him, and I'm, I must say I don't think an answer was given. I don't know the reason for that. Maybe he doesn't know. Maybe this is the kind of information that um, doesn't become apparent until some years in advance. Um, but so, no, I don't know the answer to that, but that certainly is something that we continue to pursue at um, every Senate estimates and we'll do so again um, later this year, assuming um, estimates goes ahead, which I'm pretty sure it will um, in some form. Uh, the second one about preaching uh, to the converted, um, it's an unfortunate reality that um, the way in which we actually get uh, changes made, the way in which we start having a government that supports the ABC properly, and, and keeps to its word when it comes to leveraging of this is by getting elected. Um, so um, I'm sorry that that is the short answer. I'm sorry that didn't happen last year, um, but the reality is that there are consequences um, of uh, electing conservative governments um, who um, have done what they have done over the past seven years. Um, and I remember you were there, Susan, where I said, if, if we don't win this election last year, if we don't win this election, then the following things will happen and they are all coming to fruition, all of them. Yeah, and that's such a, um, a, depressing, a depressing thought. Um, Susie has commented that she thinks one of the consequences of the cuts are um, that the ABC is relying on more reruns uh, that 
and she's actually said, does the does the government receive kickbacks from pay TV channels? Now, I, I'm pretty sure that, that that's not. She's trying to understand why she's having to watch lots of reruns. And my thinking is they're just the, the money is not there to fund the new productions that the ABC has traditionally funded because they are really expensive. The inquiry I did into the film and television industry a couple of years ago just shows how expensive it is to create a new drama and to keep producing uh, episodes. So that is one of the consequences we're seeing, isn't it, a, a, a decline in the volume. That's... Uh, that's that's right, and you know the ABC's drama budget has taken a hit as well. Um, we've been talking about emergency broadcasting. The MD made it clear that if it came to a point where they needed to ditch some of their drama production in order to provide emergency broadcasting, he'd do it in a heartbeat. Um, so yeah, that it, it, you're essentially right there, Susan. These yeah, it is the cost consequences. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, now here's a, a question to do with. You know, and it picks up a bit on what Amanda was saying about, you know, how do we actually um, get change? Uh, and Ross says, in in light of former Prime Minister John Howard's comment that the ABC are, quote, our enemies talking to our friends, would ABC friends and the ABC alumni have a greater impact if they appealed directly to more conservative organisations and groups like the CWA or the NFF, emphasising the risks these cuts pose to ABC rural staff and programs. Now, what's interesting about that question is I have been stunned in Parliament to see how little the nationals who are meant to be representing the bush and regional areas, how little they fight for the ABC. Uh, hmm. so, so, yeah, what, what is... Like if we want to encourage people to be really uh, active and to target the people, by all means write to me, but I'm already on site, what are some of the things you'd like to see? No, I think that's a really good point about, you know, and it's just like the Labor Party's appeal. Like we can either decide we are going to appeal to a narrow base, um, talk amongst ourselves, the converted. It doesn't get you into government. Um and I think there's a need to, for a bit of self-reflection here. We're talking about exactly as you say, you know, nationals who um, don't fight for the ABC. Um, but again, we have to ask ourselves, winning you know, seats is about winning votes, is about changing votes. So um, I don't have that sort of empirical research and maybe it's something that um, ABC friends, um, could, just as a suggestion, could do. Like, where are we likely to change votes with the issue of the ABC? Quite frankly, I don't think we've tried. When I say we, I mean those of us who support the ABC. Um, I don't think we've tried hard enough in some of those communities that we assume are dyed in the wool gnats. Um, yes, we. I think you're absolutely right. We do need to branch out um, to the CWAs. Um, we do need to branch out to everyone from um, the Farmers Federation, you know, to... Um, you know, those uh, you know, big industries uh, in uh, rural and regional areas um, whom we just assume aren't going to vote for us and aren't on site, maybe they do value the ABC. Maybe we can present an argument that, um, you know, you have a choice at the next election. Like you really have a choice about leveraging off a national asset or more of the same. Um, that's your choice there. Um, but, you know, I, I am harking back to one of the earlier questions in terms of, you know, well, what's the strategy? Um, I'll be very honest with you. It was quite disheartening uh, to see that at the last election, I mean, we were all very clear about what the consequences um, would be. Um, and 
I honestly can't tell you, Susan, how many votes we did change at the last election. We promised to restore funding. Um, we promised to you know, uh, do certain things with the ABC. I honestly don't know how many votes um, that won us. Um, and again, it could be a matter that we do need to branch out to some of those people who might be, you know, might be soft for the um, uh, for the taking, and it needs to be in seats that um, that make a difference. Um, because, you know, don't get me wrong, I fully appreciate that you know, everyone here has probably joined the call. Yeah, you know, maybe some people haven't. Maybe some people you know, are curious to see what it is. But I hazard a guess that most people who have bothered to join tonight. Um, value the ABC. It's the people who don't value it or the people who might question, you know, what's in it for me, what's in it for my country, um, uh, whom we need to appeal to, which is why I'm always very keen even after this call, Susan, to receive ideas on how we should be doing that. Yeah, great. Well, we do. I know we've got at least one person who said they're from Paul Fletcher's electorate. Uh, so any ideas on, on there's, and that's the North Shore of, of Sydney, um, obviously. So I know there are lots of ABC listeners there, but you're right, doesn't necessarily change votes. And now I'm conscious of time and there's a, a couple of um, a, a question that's come through that is sort of tangential but still goes to uh, really the democratic process uh, from Julian about, have you heard, Michelle, any updates about what's happening with the government's plans uh, to pass legislation to make Facebook and Google pay Australian publishers for news content? And would do you expect the ABC or SBS to get a slice of that revenue? So this is being worked out not so much in a legislative context yet. The ACCC um, is due, we thought it was this week, so it might actually be tomorrow um, that the draft code um, comes out. Um, so that process has been driven by um, the ACCC. So um, yeah, I think they have been doing their job there. They've been consulting widely. And it was good that the ACCC stepped in and said, we're not going to wait to see if your negotiations break down. It's pretty clear negotiations um, are, are going nowhere. The ABC um, and probably the SBS, I can't say for sure, but I know there have been reports that the ABC, maybe this was in their submission, um, said that they should also um, be entitled to um, receive some of the revenues um, from that. Um, and again, you know, some of the commercial uh, networks uh, stakeholders have criticised that, but look, I don't think this is a case of you know, fighting over a pie. Like the the issue is if um, the platforms uh, are utilising content and making money out of it. The whole point of the code is that the the um, publishers get recompensed for that. So if the ABC content is being used, then really you can't see a valid reason um, for them not to be part of that. But that is actually, we expected that to come out this week. So maybe stay tuned. It might actually be uh, released tomorrow or in the next couple of days. Maybe a Friday afternoon special. Could be. Um, there's, and, and this almost goes to Kristen's question, which is, is there any way that individuals can provide extra funding to the ABC, given it's already funded out of taxes? Um, you know, if you knew every time you clicked on an ABC story on Facebook, or Google that a little bit was going there, it, you know, give you a good feeling, that's for sure. I think it would actually end up making, um, it's really hard to quantify at the moment, but, um, you know, and, and part of the issue has been for the commercial networks at least, that, you know, just that drain in advertising revenue um, away from them and onto the platforms, uh, not transparent terms of trade, 
um, you know, that will make a significant difference to them. But you would expect there to be at least some um, positive impact for the ABC as well, whether it compensates for, you know, the hundreds of millions that have been cut. I don't think it's going to be the case, unfortunately, but no. I think every bit, every bit will help. Yeah. Um, look, I'm, I'm, we've only got a couple more minutes. One, one issue that just hasn't come up in questioning, but I think is uh, really important for um, us as the Labor Party to be thinking about is the ABC's role in telling Australian stories and, and getting mu Australian musicians exposed. You know, it's been a, so weird in, in COVID times uh, in terms of, uh, you know, no live music, no live concerts, all those sorts of things. Uh, but you know, for you as the shadow minister, where how do you where do you put that cultural piece into your policy thinking? No, it's a really interesting question because you know culture is what you want it to want it to be. But I see it more than anything. Um, I, don't, I don't so much think about it as culture. I, I think about it as Australian identity um, and the way in which it's expressed, whether it be through music, through drama, um, through how reporting is done. Um, uh, you know, telling stories that um, have background in uh, you know, across the whole you know, Australian spectrum. Um, so I, I see it more, Susan, myself in terms of, yeah, Australian identity um, mm. and uh, yeah, how that's expressed is really up to um, the broadcaster to decide, but they would know that there's a demand there in terms of uh, music and, and, um, and other arts as well. Yeah, well, I mean, for, for me, um, the loss on ABC Radio National of some of the music shows just really seriously reduces the capacity for Australian musicians to, to, to be heard and to start to be heard. You know, obviously Triple J has a crucial role um, for a certain genre, uh, but, but even Radio National. So there's all those sorts of things are only going to happen if there's funding. So, you know, let's just reinforce for people right now, possibly years out from an election, possibly a year out from an election, if Labor's in government, our policy as of this time is to restore uh, that those that recent funding cut. What, what final message do you want people to have, Michelle? And I guess to get them to see how deep our conviction is, because when I hear MPs talking in Parliament about the ABC, Labor MPs are the, the strongest voices I have ever heard in supporting it. I don't hear much mm. on the other side, hear deathly silence from the Nats who I thought might be okay on that issue. You know, so let's make sure people walk away knowing just what the depth of our feeling is. Sure, and I mean, it, it really is a, a touchstone for us, um, supporting um, a public broadcaster um, that is so trusted, um, that does its job so well, that saves lives, all of those are very apparent. But I guess the takeaway I want um, from this, Susan, is that going into the next election, we are going to have, have to pitch something different to the Australian community. Um, again, these things are well understood, but you would still get people hearing them and saying, yeah, okay, you should do, that's your job you should do, and you shouldn't be doing all these other things because, you know, you can get classical music, you can go and buy it, you know, download all the classical music you want. You can do all these things um, and we should have the ABC left as some sort of market value broadcaster. There's no need um, for more funding for it because times are tough. You know, we need to be able to respond to that intelligently. Mm. And I do think that this is a time for us to be rethinking that. Um, all those arguments, you know, inherently 
valid, Susan. There's nothing, no way you can argue against any of those arguments about how important the ABC is. But I think we need to broaden our appeal going into the next election on some of those issues I discussed about leveraging off a great asset, doing more with it, imagining uh, how we can actually reach more people to assist them with things like mental health, for example, with things like, you know, um, goodness knows uh, what the next stage of this pandemic looks like. Mm. Um, but uh, imagine if we had a public broadcaster um, in whom a government said, we need a message to be delivered. We need a trusted source in an age of uh, disinformation um, where is our pub we'll get the public broadcaster to do their job. Um, we need to uh, have stronger democracies in our region. We need to ensure that we fight for Australian interests. Why don't we use our public broadcaster to do that? So I'm sort of trying to give you a flavour, Susan, that I think we need to start having some different conversations with people who are not the converted yet. And that is going to challenge all of us who support the ABC to do things differently, to really start thinking about that, you know, perhaps 70% of people who don't uh, think like us. Um, so, you know, I know that you're very up for challenging yourself. I certainly am. Um, you know, the election's not going to be tomorrow. So we do have some time to do this, to get an evidence base, a base and to um, really start explaining um, to people that it, it will be... Um, it is worthwhile voting Labor for all these reasons um, when it comes to the ABC. So there's the invitation. Send me your ideas on how we expand the, um, the passion for the ABC so that others share the view that we have, that it is an absolute pillar of our society and our democracy. So feel free to email me those, susan.templeman.mp at aph.gov.au. Michelle, thank you very much. Now, for those who like to not just stick to the ABC, but also head into the commercial and the um, uh, pay TV world, look out for Michelle on Sky TV tonight. Yeah. <laughs> A uh, very different sort of ex interview experience coming up, I think a bit after 8 o'clock, uh, and I think with Alan Jones. Is that right? That is right, Susan. There you go. Well, just we'll say no more and leave it, leave it there. But thanks, Michelle, for giving up some time. And thank you for those of you who were with us at the beginning of, of the hour and have stuck through till the end. This will be on Facebook so you can share it with people, encourage them to have a look, and please send any ideas that you think might help uh, make sure that we can secure the ABC's future as, a broad, as, as the premium public broadcaster in the world. Thanks.